Mariange, I thought we would do something a little different from our traditional, here's a remix of the F1 theme. You know I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I know you are. This was released eight days ago, uh, so just over a week. Uh, this, for listeners here on Solo Radio 101.7 FM, broadcasting live from the University of the Fraser Valley on the unceded traditional territory of the Stalo First Nations, for all people of the river. This is titled Mon 23, open parentheses, 1 colon 3, close parentheses, by none other than Ferrari driver Charles Leclerc. The third. It, it took him a while to get to this one. It did. It? It, took, it took us. This is the Monaco one. This is the Monaco one. The last one we a, had was Miami. That was a while ago. It was a, yeah. Um, You'll have a whole album by the end of the season. I'm really hoping, this is really what I'm hoping for, is a full album of Charles Leclerc songs, and really, if we don't get that, I don't think this season, I don't think this season is a positive note. I'm, actually, I'm kidding, I do, but like... Probably his only positive note. <laughs> Corey literally is. <laughs> is he was, was, with how Ferrari's going. Although the like, melody's a little... Sad. Yeah. <laughs> I would call it a positive note. It's a note. Who knows? It's Could a I, note. You know what's even funny is I think I've sent because I, I sent you this before. Oh, you did. As soon did as you it notice? Came out. Did you notice how much jewelry he is wearing in the picture? Absolutely, but that's that's what I mean. Like he's always got a bag of goodies, doesn't he? Yeah. I found out the part the specifically I think he said in, in the, the jewelry he wears in the right hand. Yeah. Were like personal gifts given to him. Yeah. So that's why he always wears it, and it's just it's so adorable. They look personal. I mean, one of them looks like it's made out of uh, like children's beads. Yeah, yeah. You the, know? The, the friendship bracelets you make in, yeah. in, in like middle and like elementary school. Yeah, like we can be friends forever, Timmy. And then Timmy moves away the next next year, and you never talk to him for twenty years again. That's the type of, type of bracelet Charles Leclerc has. Yeah, so shout out friend. to Timmy. I don't have a friend named Timmy in real life. I, well, really obviously not anymore. They moved away. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the name is real. Name was Tim either. <laughs> I think it was something else. <laughs> But no, um, yeah, this was, I, I, the question I had for you was, is this one a call for help as much as, uh, the last two were, or is this a little, no, they're, they're all calls for help. (laughs) They're all calls for help. They're (laughs) all the equivalent of standing, you know, not, not on the, not on the edge, but standing on a bridge looking over the city on a rainy day when it's like just like the sun has just set it's not Mm. pretty anymore it's just gray and murky and dark and you're just like what am i doing with my life that is the vibe i get every time i listen to it see to me i think I, i i agree with you on the other two but i feel like this one is the more is is the dawn of the next day where you're like coming back off off of your bender and you're like man you know I had a, had a terrible, yeah, like I had a terrible Sunday. This is like right after he did Silverstone. It's like I did terrible in Silverstone. Now I'm coming out on the Monday. Ugh, okay, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's when but. it was released, but maybe it just took that much time to get mastered or maybe. or what have you. Like it was, it was probably done right after Monaco. Yeah. Do you want to listen to Miami 23 in Australia? Just for a again? recap? Just for yeah, a recap. Yeah, we might as well get a little refresh for yeah. everyone. So this is Miami. This is a radio station. This is, exactly. we're playing the music we need to. This is Charles Leclerc's Miami, Miami, Maya 23, open parentheses, one, colon, two, close parentheses. 
songs. I realize they're 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 album yeah. and soundtrack numbers. That's what the parentheses are. So I really don't need to say them, but I they're do. like, you know what it is? It's the music you would want to use in a cinematic montage of like an after breakup depression. Is is what I'm getting. I can I can see that. Like it's a sad slow montage of something. <laughs> and it's like you it's it's cinematic quality. You could use this yeah. in, you know, insert general romance drama film here. Even this part this has like a, a level of hope to it almost. Yeah. Like that's just like when the he knew that the upgrades bit. were coming it's, in. <laughs> it's like the train who thought he could if he got like a sports movie <laughs> montage about the training that like, oh, you know, yeah. he goes through the tough stuff and like gets there. But he's not going to make it. <laughs> this is so mean to this guy. Oh, my gosh. But, not at uh, all. Not I at all. I think, I think I if you. anything, the best way to compliment music is to be able to have it stimulate some form of imagination, even if it is pathetic and sad. <laughs> <laughs> like his chances of, of winning a world championship in it's, the next two years? It's better than music that doesn't evoke anything. It's very true. You know? There's definitely... It's, like I'm saying, it's good enough. He could use this cinematically. Like this is this is good music, and it totally translates sadness. Mm-hmm. This is just yeah. With I, I feel like he I feel, of desperate hope in the background. Yeah, I feel like he wrote this album around May or June of last year when he knew the championship was going to start to slowly leave. Like you know that he knew that was happening. He's like, okay, just knew what he was up for. This is this is this is it. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid one. I, I don't mind a little Charles, Charles Leclerc. I, 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 I'm excited for coming up this week in BC. Uh, here, like We're going to get some rain, hopefully, by like the Friday-ish. Our, Which this is the perfect music for. Ex- exactly. I'm, I'm, I, I saw in the forecast in Chilliwack, we're supposed to get this 50% chance in, uh, oh, no. on Wednesday, oh. and another like 50% 50 to 70% chance over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm so hyped to this listen is, to this. This is actually the perfect music to represent like, like the rain coming down on like the freshly burnt BC soil and like that hope of like maybe there'll be regrowth one day, but the destruction and sadness that it holds on to right now. Honestly, that's a really like, good... That, that would be... That, it's, it's dark, but it's, it's great. It's dark, but it's great. I should send it. I, I actually had a friend that might that got a call saying he might have to go up. He, he's part of the RCMP, so he always goes up and like deals with looters and yeah. all of that. So he's like, oh, I might be going up to Kelowna to so deal with this. So you want to make soon. music video? So yeah, I was going to say you should send this. I, sh- I should send this to him now. My- Miami twenty three. This is Australia twenty three. I should send Miami twenty three to all him of it. and have him. Oh yeah, to send him the full Charles Leclerc discography, and then um, yeah. I don't know. This one's also, I, I gotta say, Charles, if Ferrari doesn't work out for you the next two years, go to piano. Really yeah. good pianist. And like, I don't even know if I'm not, that's the proper term, Marion. Don't give me that. A pianist. Oh, yeah. See, there, there's, a, there's a T in there. That's is the, there? Yeah. That's how you say it. Yeah. That's the guy who plays the piano, is a pianist. Yeah. Did you not see the Adrian <laughs> Brody <laughs> movie? The Dude, pianist? That was a great movie. Great movie. A great, great movie. movie. You know who could play the pianist in, in a remake? Charles Leclerc, because of how good this piano is. No. I can see it. No, he he's can't just, replace Adrian Brody though. Like, he's as handsome. Adrian, as Adrian Brody. No, he's got a weird handsome. Where like you're like, I don't think you're supposed to be handsome, but somehow you are. 
it's like an, that's it's Adrian nose. Brody. It's yeah, the nose and eyes combination. It's it's everything. It really is, but yeah, I, I really Claire's too pretty for that role. <laughs> he's too he's too much of a pretty boy. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So out of the three, which ones? I I, I do like Miami a lot. Maybe because I'm biased, and I love Miami in general, but they all have too much of the same vibe for me to really tell the difference. Like if you were to tell me, like, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't. Listening to this one, I can't think back to what Monaco or Miami sounded like. They all kind of sound similar enough. Uh, okay, well, right. I, think, I feel like this one's a lot faster. A little bit. Mi- Miami is a little bit more. Melodic parts together, and, and Monaco is more. I feel like Miami should be more chaotic. Yeah, probably. You would think it should just be. It should. It should have been a piano song. It should just been a straight electro disco song. But then it like slows down in areas like this. Yeah, this is Australia though. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I mean. Like all of his, all of his, not songs, but um, compositions. They all have like couple fast parts and a couple slow parts and like that's what makes it like really sad but with a hint of hope mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. much like ferrari's track record uh this season well, I fast sometimes slow in other parts and i feel like this with australia this song itself when you think about it really fits the australian race because there were so many slow there was there were the red flags <laughs> so Maybe. back and forth right <laughs> Uh, they're uh, they're having a season. Yeah, that's for sure. Australia or um, both. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For sweet. separate reasons, but right. Ferrari as well. Mm-hmm. They're uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, is this? I think you mentioned it before. You would you would send this to people? I, w- I wouldn't necessarily send them this to people. First of all, I would need people to whom to send things to which that is you, and usually you come across these things before I do. That is fair. Second of all, if I knew someone in the cinematic world, right, that does a lot of slow compositions, yeah, I might send this to them and be like, he needs something sad. Here it is. He's he's from Charles Leclerc. from Charles Leclerc. Uh, Well, that is the end of Australia 23 uh, by none other than Charles Leclerc. Overall, overall, I think we like, never got a Bahrain one. No, but he never got started for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. That's so true. At the same time, no, we did not get a Bahrain Charles Leclerc one. But that's what happens in in, in modern. You know what I mean? It's just that's the way. She, it's the way she goes, Rick. It's the way she goes. It's the way it goes. It's the way. It's the way it goes, Rick. It's the way it. Goes. How she flows. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe you know what I just thought of? Maybe, what? maybe we will get a bunch more because M- M- Charles Leclerc songs because there's been a summer. It's the end of the summer break. He's had some time to just to sit there and mix some music together. He's just been producing all summer. He's just been, yeah, just been dropping it. So, you know, and because it is, it is, uh, Start of race week. We've been. It's been a while since we've had some races. A couple, three weeks. I can. I'll be honest with you. Compared to last season, I thought this summer break went by way faster. Really? Yeah. It was not like April because we had a mini break in April for we rough did. for like. Which I don't. I don't disagree with. I like the well, mini breaks in between. That was because the 
which which one the chinese Amala. grand prix got canceled it did get canceled right that's why we had that and break Russia. like it wasn't like a planned break yeah this one is a planned break like we know summer break is coming i think that's why it hits different yeah see i, I like i wish there was more i would love to like more breaks it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't... Uh, maybe I think the two, most fans would disagree with you there. I mean, it's weird, because, like, it's, 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 like, it's one of those things where... Um, you know you're a proper fan when you wish for more, for <laughs> less of it. For less break. Totally. No, I, no I, I just wish there was more back-to-back-to-back a whole bunch. Yeah. And then there was, like, here here's, like, three or four races all back-to-back, pretty much. And then you have a month or two, like, a month, like, three three to four weeks off. And then you have another set. Yeah, but the logistics alone of traveling back to back, right? But because they try, they try, they try their best to spread it out, so it's not like not one region of the world or one continent is dominating, right? Yeah. They do try to bounce between like the continents and then go back. Like yeah. they, there's a reason that all three of the American races aren't done in one go, or all four of the North American races. Right, yeah. they go there, they go back to Europe, they go back to the Middle East, they go back to the States, they like they bounce all over the place to kind of keep it hyped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the logistics of needing to do that every week while being able to get there early to do the practices, like it's happened before that that the travel plans haven't worked out. True. Right? Like last year with Haas. they just just got stuck somewhere (laughs) you know gunther was there but the car the car was still in travel man yeah we will definitely need to talk about the hot stuff soon when walter's back we will talk about the gunther your your time because you got the gunther i know i did and you've been waiting to you've been been, been itching i've got so many notes on it i I can't wait i'm just i'm really excited for this walter wherever you are in the ether Come back. Yeah, we need we need we need you to discuss with us the Gunther Steiner book because I have so I've much gone through it. Yeah, and, you and uh, you've been purposely telling me tidbits to get me to read it or to listen to I it. Because I think on everyone Audible. should. I think I absolutely one hundred. I'm not saying this for the memes or to be a troll. One hundred percent. Anyone who is a fan of Formula One, whether they're new or old will get something different, maybe, but we'll get something from this book. Mm. Like, even even Sean, who isn't that much of a fan, knows nothing of the history, doesn't even really know what Haas is. He listened to half an hour of it while I was listening to it, and he was on the floor laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, it it is the kitchen confidentials of Formula One. I See, that sold me already. And as much as every cook or, or, or... uh, foodie or culinary fan out there has read Kitchen Confidentials and they've all gotten something different out of it. This is an unhinged look in the back scene of Formula One that is just great. Yeah. And I will not stop bugging you until you listen to it. And I don't I don't think I don't think you need to read it. I think you need to listen to it. Because Because <laughs> Say it. Uh. He reads it himself. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it's gold. That, it's gold. I'm, like, so, <laughs> I'm so happy out of all the things that, like, my brother and I've been going through, like our subscription stuff that we have and want to cancel, like Netflix, Disney Plus, and all that. And we came up with a list of like four that we like 
we we have almost everything. We kind of came up with three that we want to keep, and Amazon was the one I want to keep. like we keep because Amazon the Prime service is just a solid service. Having yeah. Amazon Prime plus a, Good Omens, yeah, that that too. Um, for me, it's Jack Ryan. I love a good old Jack. I love. I haven't I love, seen it. Oh, it is so cliche. It's great. <laughs> it's like perfect Tom Clancy. It's got everything you need from like spy thriller to actually good acting. All cast is really good. And like then you how get you had to say actually good acting. Yeah, because you you always <laughs> question right, and then you it's have not your the, typical uh, Tom Clancy yeah. acting. The only thing it misses is the Tom Clancy borderline gun porn that the games are in where you don't where you know how the games mm. and if you read the Tom Clancy book they kind of the, the description language is like he's got his tar 21 from 1998 with the with this type of scope and this thing I was like oh my god tell me more Tom is this is this dream is the dream loadout for oh a video game and that's like all the books are in action and they don't have that in the Jack Iron show which I miss but they have apparently there's a ghost recon coming, so maybe I'll get it there. But Jack Ryan, in terms of acting and story, good story. Point is, Amazon Prime, both as a delivery service, uh, TV show service, free, and free Audible credits, which is the point that I was going to make. Absolutely. To get the Gunther. And like, book. especially if you've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate lately, right? It's like this is oh, something you could have playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something you could have playing in the background, and it's not going to distract you so much from the game that you can't focus on the game. But it's also not going to be drowned so much into the background that you're not actually listening to what is what he's saying. Yeah. It See, I, wa- I wonder if on Friday I take the Gunter book, have it on the background, while I listen to Free Practice and own, and take all the comment, take off the commentary from F1 Do and it. Sky TV. So it has Gunter narrating his book as I hear car sounds go by Do on it. the Zen Zenport. Or you know what? Even better, even better if you want the full experience because it's his like diary of the 2022 season. You listen to it right while watching the like r- race highlights. As he's going through the races. Or or <laughs> listen to her while watching a twenty twenty two race of with a Haas on board. Yeah. There you go. Well, just watch Mick Schumacher. Well you can't because like each each race in the book is probably about like ten, fifteen minutes. Oh okay. right? because he's doing like diary entries and the entire book is about seven hours of listening. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a work day. That's that's a work day, right? But you you could you could just as he mentions, you know, I'm in Monza, just like pull up the Monza highlights and just yep. just watch. Is, uh, what a just watch. It's what a great. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's funny. I actually while we were talking here, I pulled up the 2024 calendar schedule. Okay. Uh, to kind of like point some and. I think what they're, they're, what you're kind of saying about trying them trying to do continent by continent, um, or they sometimes do and don't. Um, they're trying that, and this is where I kind of I think my thing is is like with my idea. Are they? Not, not really zigzagging all over the place. They, they they still really are. Yeah. But I feel like they're trying to condense it to not necessarily. Um, they're not zigzagging from going from across the world country wise. But kind of across the region, country area wise, yeah, region wise, it's a little wise. tougher because across the world you make more money. Yeah. Right. If you have a race in Montreal, and then uh, people in North America all get together to like try to get to Montreal, right? Those who miss out on that opportunity, then the race goes away for a bit. Even some of the people who did make it to Montreal, they'll be like, 
oh, the next one's in Miami or or Miami before Montreal, right? Like that's not that far to travel. Like let's let's go watch that one as well. But enough months have or enough weeks have passed by that you can justify spending that much on a weekend again. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple paychecks have come through and you're like, hey, I can make it to two races. Whereas if they were back to back, like if Miami was back to back with Montreal, right, some people wouldn't be able to afford to go Miami and Montreal unless they have that pay break. Yeah. So it, it, it strategically makes more sense and more money for the races not to be close to each other back to back. Yeah, I totally agree. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why specifically there's times where there's like, for instance, right in 2024, you go Bahrain in February, like beginning to March. Uh, March 2nd is the Bahrain Grand Prix. And then you have March 9th, Saudi Arabia. Then March 24th is Australia. So that's kind of a big jump between the three. And then you go Australia, Japan, China. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because you kind of go from you're in Oceania and then you're going to go up a little bit. Um, And then you have Miami. Which okay, that's that's Pretty the jump across, jump. yeah. And then uh, Emilia Romagna, so yeah, Imola, big jump, big jump. Monaco, not a huge jump. Then Canada, big jump, big jump. Spain, Aust- Austria, big United jump. Kingdom, Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, and Azerbaijan is in September this year, twenty twenty four. Then you go so after Italy, I so Monza. How that's gonna work with the weather. Yeah, Italy, Monza. You have Azerbaijan and and Baku that's in September. Jump. Yeah, uh, and then you have Singapore, yeah. September 22nd. So this is what I mean, right? Birthday. Like, they'll have, like, one or two nearby, but still in different countries. Yeah. And, and then a big jump, and then one or two, and then a big jump. Yeah. So it's like, it See, makes sense. Totally. I kind of wish, though, and, and I t- it makes sense what you're saying with money. I actually really didn't think of that, um, even though I agreed with you and, and acted like I didn't. I really didn't think of the, the full, like, oh, yeah, it is really just a couple of paychecks in between. Yeah. Um, but, like, because I would have loved canada to go right after miami because then it's, you can drive up there and and i think especially with the new news which is the theme of the show is going through a bunch of different news stories that i thought thought were fun um so much of it is the fia and f1 wanting to crack down on and have a greener and cleaner like environmental footprint yeah but they, they have to the be able to do that while still not affecting too much of their return right like mm-hmm. they, they still it's still a business it's a sport, it's an entertainment thing, but it's still very much a business and they have to find ways to make money. And, you know, that's why a lot of the pageantry's been going on more, the shootouts, all of these things are encouraging people to spend money. Having six shootouts in a year makes it that there are six opportunities where those countries specifically can bring in more money Right, because mm-hmm. tickets are going to be higher than than if there wasn't a shootout and a sprint. So, y- yes, they have to be environmentally friendly, right? But on the other end, they also have to make money. And I I think that if they were to try to do all of uh, all of one country's track or one continent's track, like as close to each other as possible, they would lose too much money. Mm-hmm. And it's not worth the environmental good that they would be making to their eyes. I'm not saying that in the grand scheme of thing, ethically, I believe it's not worth it. I'm just saying I understand the business decision. 
right? Going to catch myself on that before I get, <laughs> <laughs> before someone comes after me. I'm, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying my opinion on it. I'm just stating that it's an understandable business decision. Yeah. You have to make money. Oh, totally, totally. Like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that either. I think that's like, that's very much you, I think that you have to always think about the money making side of things. Yeah, we're in a for, capitalistic, you know, environment. Yeah. I just think that, like, if, if the idea of it is to reduce the carbon footprint, go through the sustainable fuels, which is what they're start saying that they're going to start to do as of now. And, and really what it is, everyone, I mean, it's funny because I was talking to, uh, talking to someone and they were saying, you know, like, how do you really do that? But you, how come, they're telling me, how come you want all this carbon re reduction stuff, but you also want them to take get rid of the hybrid engine to use sustainable fuels to make the like the V10s back? It's like, within reason. It's within it's, reason. It's, it's within reason. Like it, we care about the environment, but within reason. I really, I really just want to. <laughs> I really just want to hear, <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> I really just want to hear like, the engines go by really fast. Yeah, like yes, uh, we care about the environment. Yeah, but we also like cars, guys. <laughs> yeah exactly you know, like, we're also petrol heads <laughs> like, <laughs> there's gotta be a compromise yeah. here exactly like i i'll see if i can find it here but um but the i mean if if i this is gonna sound horrible but like if you really care about the environment more than you care about racing it's the right? sport watch horse racing Horse, horse racing is fun though. Go to the casino. It's a lot of fun. That's even a, that's not even an attack. That's just a fun thing. But so I, I, I like think the names. Yeah. <laughs> I really like cinnamon the swirls. Names. All the, all the, all the, cinnamon <laughs> swirls. If you had a, if you had a race horse, what would it be, what would you name it? Ooh. You know, I want to give spaghetti you, legs. Spaghetti legs. That's fair. That's a good one. I'm gonna give because you some I, I really want a goat, and I want to I want a goat <laughs> just so that I can name it spaghetti legs. Because it makes sense, especially for an adolescent goat when the legs are all like wiggly and, and everything and they're jumpy all over the place. But if I if this is a world where I'm not going to get that goat, but I'm going to get a racehorse, that name can't go to waste. No, it definitely can't. It, it just can't. It's Spin a great name. Spin like this is a very important one. That's that's I. I it's a like, visual name. That's a, it's a very visual <laughs> one. It's a, that's a very funny one. What would you name yours? My racehorse? Yeah. Hamilton two on the nose um hamel hoofs hamel hoofs that's a good one i don't know <laughs> i probably i probably just name it carl carl just something very simple just fulton yeah fulton hoof fulton her fulton okay fulton fulton that's not a bad one that's not a bad one but okay so before i get off topic before we go to to, to a message break i wanted to just simply say that some of the jumping, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily make sense, especially if the, the idea is to have a very as much of a carbon neutral footprint as you can. Because what I was telling my friend was, the race day is not where they actually do so much um, environmental damage. It's really the logistics side of it and the transportation Absolutely. and the jumping back and forth with the jets and with everything. And so there's actually one the theme of today that I thought we should do while we're waiting for racing news is to go through some of the F1 news. So all I did was hit F1 on Google, F1 new on Google and then hit the news tab. I'm going through some of the my favorite ones that I found. Some of them I did save. Some of the headlines. Some of the headlines that I thought were really funny, but one of the ones that I thought especially with this t conversation was really good was that the headline is Sebastian Vettel f says flying 
says that he ditched flying and drove himself to all European races in F1 2022 season, saved his car and lowered and like considerably lowered his carbon footprint. And keep in mind, yes, I've always talked about this on the show. Sebastian Vettel is very, very huge on sustainable fuels and using a, a fuels, uh, that type of, of a fuel source. He's driven his recent, he has a few F1 cars that he's all converted to sustainable fuels and he drove them all with a very, very, very minimal carbon footprint. You, you using, would think, though, that with that amount of practice, he would have driven better. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, it was, it was Aston right Martin. There. Right I know there. it was Aston Martin. The growing season. Don't forget the growing pains. Don't forget Professor Seb no, made that. No, absolutely. I got I got to note. Like I don't. I don't think Sebastian Vettel's a bad driver. I just. I needed to say that because it was such a good setup. Oh, it was so good. That was. was I'm proud was, of you for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. Um, and and so and he was and he said a lot of this stuff right after he did Goodwood. Um, the Goodwood um, Festival of Speed, where he wrote, raced all of his, where he rode it, drove his cars, that were all switched over. And so he was saying that he, you know, he drove he drove a 1992 one, which was, you know, gas guzzling error. Then, though, if he rode a horse, it would have saved him so much more, right? Yeah. So much more, so much less carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Gunther ride from one event to the next on a horse. Oh my god! <laughs> well, like Daniel did <laughs> last season in Austria. No oh. way. Well, he rode a horse around the the, the F one paddock oh, okay. in in, uh, in Austin, U.S. last year. Why? Because he needed to prove to himself in Red Bull that he was a good monkey boy, and he did what they asked him to do. I, I don't know. Um, it was used with McLaren technically still, I think, but uh, that's not that's not the the joke. That's not the yeah. point of the joke I'm trying to make. So. The point of the joke is that just the fact that he will just do every, every, anything to to do it. Um, it's within character. Yeah, so I guess I guess the whole point of it, the point I'm trying to say is, is that he... There's a point here. Yeah, well, the point is, is that <laughs> if you wanted that, if you really wanted that goal of sustainability, you could have moved things into an order where if, starting from, if you had moved Canada to right behind Miami for 2024, so that's middle of May, not a bad time for it to be, to be in Montreal. Yeah. But from Imola straight until pretty much... Baku, so from middle of May, end of May until beginning of until middle of September, you could have driven to every single place, cut the carbon footprint by a lot using all the sustainable fuels that they're trying to do, and with the trucks and everything that that Mercedes is already planned. I think in in the regulation is in twenty twenty six. Every one has to be on it, but I think you can go onto it now. I think Mercedes is already doing it. Red Bull starting to do it. But again, and it's so. within reason, right? Miami after Montreal, right after Miami, just wouldn't make as much money. True, fair enough, right? Like, and that, I think that's, I guess that's the, the the point of it in the end. But yeah, I just thought that that was just out of all the ones to do. You know, that's also fair uh, the other the other thing to make to keep in mind, thinking of all the money stuff, is that their only supplier for engine and oils is Armco. And they're, that's their, like, exclusive deal until 2026. Mm. And then Armco has, they even say here, Armco has until 2026 to come up with a solution in problem of, uh, a solution to sustainable fuels to be exclusive engines and uh, fuel and oil supplier for F1. So if in 2026 they can't give it to them, to F1, perfectly, they're no longer the exclusive supplier, which, is, which I'm for. 
I'm for not having exclusive things for like tires, engine, oils, fuels. I'm for not having an exclusive that because I like competition in all its aspects. But I'm wondering, like, what do they mean by fully environmental like fuel? What do you mean? Like, like what, sustainable fuels and that? Yeah, or? sustainable fuel. Like, what? Well, let me look up the definition. Because uh, exactly. it's still fuel. You're still burning uh, it. So what do you, what do you mean? So uh, any fuel that has the potential to generate low carbon emissions than conventional kerosene is basically how it burns. So it's basically saying that like it burns cleaner and lower, so you're not burning as much. And yeah, I guess that's the best way to explain it. Um, it's it's actually you're very used it for aviation. A jet engine. Yeah, but like. I guess it. I guess it's. Uh, oh, okay. Here it is. Here's something. It also sustainable fuels don't harshly mine as much of the earth as well, and you don't burn as much tar sands and everything. Okay. So basically, it's not just. It's not just necessarily that the that the fuel itself is 100 percent burning cleaner. Yeah. Is that the whole process behind it is a lot greener? Okay. And refining and refining it is a bit different too. So I feel like there's somewhere else they could focus that energy towards like being environmentally friendly i don't yeah. i don't know because i also don't know what the impact of fuel versus but, the impact of driving versus the impact of flying versus yeah. cow but, parts but i think but i think that's you know. the thing though is that like it doesn't necessarily impact it may not necessarily make the races super impacted but the major impact is all the logistics side of it being not flying from jet like jets everywhere because yeah. that's really what burns it so much is all the fuel and everything that needs to go through putting it on the jet and putting it yeah. on and the train yeah and i think if they had if that was their ultimate goal do you imagine like all the team directors just carpooling i would love it i would love it that would be, that would be I, I would love it but i wouldn't love it because then it would turn it would turn into a show and i don't want it, it to turn into is. a show it already is a it show, already is but i don't want to turn it into more of a it's show it's just it's just a different aspect of it yeah but here's here's the thing Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play devil's advocate on that comment and then we'll uh, we'll move to an ad break before we move to the next headline. But um, you don't want it to be more of a show, but we want it to be more environmentally friendly, but they can't be more environmentally friendly without risking some of the business and money making side. But they could be making more money from the show which then gives them more leeway to make less money and make more compromises environmentally speaking. So technically, the show could be good for the environment. What's up? <laughs> I, hate, I hate when you speak sense. I don't like it. I don't like the side of you when you speak sense I don't speak sense. I just speak in circles. <laughs> you, you speak in circles that make a lot of sense to me. See, I, I, my mindset is in circles a lot of the time, so I think I just connect to your circles more and then we understand. It just <laughs> <everything>. makes sense. <laughs> Don't oh, the bees, the bees, bees. You know, did you know that I'm trying to convince, uh, I'm, I'm trying to convince my family to let us have like a mini bee farm in our Quinell property. I would never come over. Yeah, you, yeah, you would. It'd be in the no, back. You, I you haven't even I seen the property. I don't you do would, bees. You would deny my mother. Bees. You would deny my mother the would, grace of I your would presence. Hundred percent deny your mother. What if it was all the way in the back of the property? You would never nope. touch the bees. No. Nope. Okay. Is there any chance of a bee approaching me? No, probably not. The probably oh, is how big is your property? It's about like an acre and a half. 
in Cornell at least. I don't know what an acre is. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't visually show you right now, but no, I'm, we're we're trying to figure out like when we're, while while we're doing all this stuff there, we're trying to figure out like what what kind of like Although, things we could do, and I I really want to make bring like a lot of flowers and stuff that will help pollinate, and then put the bees because bees are so important to the ecosystem. Speaking of sustainability for ecosystems, it's so important that we keep them alive. I do have a question about bees. Proud. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Who was it that had the first idea of hey? these stinging you know poisonous little insects they're hiding something delicious in there like who, who was it who, bears who? <laughs> i think bears, bears. are the, the ones that figured it out i think someone was watching bears and we're like man i wonder what they're eating why is this so why are they why could they possibly sit why are there their paws all sticky <laughs> yeah and why would they subject themselves to this much pain to get this thing in their beehive and then they tried it and they're like oh my gosh this is so good you ever seen like the pictures of dogs that have been stung by bees i cry <laughs> i saw some on they're so cute yeah like, I they saw... have no right being so cute i know it's it's dangerous it's, it's Bef- not fair i do I, before we get to the next headline i you know we're talking about sustainable fuels for a second and i just figured like this would be a fun one to do because i wanted to show you this is this is a sound comparison by the way from 2022 uh it's still the i think it's still the v8 engine i think and 2022 is still the hybrid yeah is the is the hybrid and then this is a sound comparison from spa 2022 to spa 2012 2012 sorry and i don't i forget if hybrid pre-hybrid but it was still the v8 right it was this twin turbo v8 in 2012 i think so but like here. So this is 2022. This is them coming up right on. Oh my god. So after I just murdered everyone's you, ears. You, you know which one I prefer. 2012. Of course. Any day, any day of the week is 2012. Right? But think we could have that again if we go to if we go to different fuel sources. That's um, that's why I'm so pro about this. But yeah. Uh, moving on, but speaking of the same headlines, same same topic. Uh, this one came out literally seven hours ago. Okay. Recording. It is the headline is Helmut Marco urges teams to stop political games admits admist admist a m i d s d admist admits yeah uh, twenty twenty six regulation concerns. This is the engine. I remember you and I have talked. We've talked about the engine a couple times about kind of specifically my thoughts on the engine and what I'm worried about and what stuff. And this is after the last couple of weeks. Red Bull has been saying that. The 2026 engine is not really that great. Max Verstappen's been pretty, um, been pretty like upset about it all. Yeah. Um, Audi apparently is, has a huge say in what the 20, not so much a huge say, but has has a bit of a like this is what we like for the engine too because they're coming in in 26 and a lot of the stuff is was Red Bull just saying we want more with the internal combustion engine. We really need to really reconsider getting rid of the MGU MGUH or MGUK MGUK is the one that they're getting rid of. Yeah. Um, and they're basically, in my opinion, the new 2026 engine is a really big, fancy battery recharger. 
and and essentially that's that's essentially what I they're mean, trying to yeah, do. Yeah, it's pretty much a giant alternator, but yeah. And so right now, currently, for those who don't really know, um, typically when the new engine regulations are coming ahead, there's usually only one or two teams that does the testing for it. And the, like, here's a full regulation, build it, do it. And yeah. they usually choose the, con- the constructor champion. So obviously it's Red Bull. So they're testing the engine right now, Red Bull and Honda. Um, and Red Bull's been very critical of it, specifically Horner, Marco, and, and uh, Max Verstappen. Yeah. So reading it on this is from planetf1.com that's where the headline was by this is this article is by michelle foster this was seven hours ago and it says uh pushing for a change in 2026 engine regulations helmet marco hopes the formula one team stops playing their political games and that reason prevails formula one's 26 engine regulations were signed off last year already with the sport moving toward more electrical power with the mg uk set for nearly three times the electric electrical power it will result in a 50-50 split between electrical power and that produced by the internal combustion engine. The combustion engine does more stuff. How Helmut Markle is calling for a tweak in the 2026 regulations in the quote, in the spirit of the sport, end quote. However, of late, and so this continues on, however, of late, Red Bull claiming they, they're perhaps further along in their 2026 engine plans than their rivals have raised concerns about the batteries with Christian Horner saying the drivers might run out of energy on straights, forcing them to downshift, which was confirmed because the longest straight takes roughly 30 to 40 seconds to, to complete. This is the Baku straight. The engine at full, the battery at full power only lasts 20 seconds. Yeah. So you can't get full speed without low downshifting to recharge the battery and upshifting again to get the full speed and then downshifting again to recharge it on these straights too. And that, and to do that in the continuous lap, you're actually going slower to recharge. And it said, uh, this continues on. This has led to the latest slinging match between Red Bull team boss and Mercedes Toto Wolf, the latter accusing Horner of being frightened by the rules and trying to tell them off with Horner just saying that it's just scaremongering. Ooh. With Horner and also Ferrari team you boss Fred. You changed your car. The, no, you changed your car. <laughs> Yo, your car. Yours. Uh, Checo has it all. I. I, <laughs> I have it I on the, paper. I have it on paper right here. This is the funniest. <laughs> oh, I love that meme. Um, with Horner and also Ferrari team boss Fred Vasseur adamant that there is still time to tweak the rules. Marco has called for for quote reason end quote to prevail. Says quote. I hope that the, that the political games will take a backseat and that the reason will prevail. He tells Motorsport Magazine, the ratio of 50-50 will not ensure that that right racing atmosphere in the current situation. You can address that, that it's not something that because we're behind, it's in the spirit of sport. Rather than being behind, as Wolf suggested, the Red Bull Motor Advisor says his team power his team's powertrains division is doing very well with the new engine. And da-da-da, basically kind of says this, you know, we're developing yeah. the batteries really well, but this is just this, the, 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 the thing he even says, says with, with the chance of different engine and fuel sources... I think that getting not moving away from pure ice internal combustion power would be a mistake for the for the spirit of sport. Um, well, I don't like. I'm not a big Helmut Marco fan. I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying, though. Yeah, I don't. Ooh. I don't know. I think. I think we're gonna need to wait a bit more before we see what happens. Just because, like, they're still they're still so far away from twenty twenty six. There's still so much testing to do and so much time for regulations to change that mm-hmm. it makes for a good summer break article. Definitely does, 
And I think this is, and this also is coming off of the back of um, a couple of weeks ago. It says here, I won't type in, I'm going to change my Google search that I did before to F1 Alpine engine. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the current one, this was less than a month ago. Uh, the Renault, specifically Renault Alpine, have asked the F- FIA to relook at the engine rules. Uh, that basically freeze it. So it's kind of doing what I, right now, as we've said before, there's an engine freeze on development. Yeah, power unit freeze. Yeah. I'm going to call this the the slight, the de-thaw. This is like when you take chicken out of the freezer and you put it in the, you run out of hot water and then you put it in the fridge. I'm sorry. I'm Say that again? You know when you take, when you, you know when you buy multiple things of chicken uh-huh. and you put one of them in the freezer to like save for a bit? Yeah, how do you thaw that? Well, I take hot water and I no. de-ice it. No. And then, what, what am I supposed to do then? You, oh my, oh, oh, you no, know never mm-hmm. hot water, dude. Well, it's, it's not, it's not over the chicken. It's like in the package still. It's just, I take it to the package and I just still run cold it to de-ice water. it. Okay. Cold water. Well, like, cause hot water ices it faster. Well, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna thaw it to like a not food safe temperature. Oh. Right. That, that, maybe that explains a whole bunch of stuff, Marianne. Like bacteria is reproduced between certain temperatures. I think it's like above four degrees and below seven uh, sixty four degrees, uh, right? And that's well, when bacteria is like multiply exponentially fast. So you always want your water to be as cold as possible. It's still water and it's still cold, but it's never going to be zero or else it'd be ice. Mm-hmm. So it's still going to thaw it out, but it's going to keep it below that four degrees. Right, oh. and that's why you put it in the fridge after, because your fridge is usually set to four degrees. Oh, well, you're not. You don't leave it out on a hot day on the counter. You don't <laughs> run it in hot water. You don't heat it up unless you're cooking it. Ah, uh, this you know what? this means a lot here. This you hurts move, my let's, head. Let's move. Let's move on here. And you know, usually I'm the one that's usually super more bougie with what I eat. I judge you all the time. No, what a just, what is. What a turntable. That's just unhygienic. Uh, Unhygienic. I'm doing okay so far. Anyways, so this was this was uh literally a month ago. Quite literally came out on August twenty first, twenty twenty uh, July twenty first, twenty twenty three, because today is August twenty first, twenty twenty three. Um this is potential Red Bull support for Renault F one engine plea. And this is basically saying I think I talked to you about this, uh, that Renault has asked to for the regulations to be somewhat de-thawed. This, is, this, this was the point of the joke, the chicken yes. thing. This was the point of it. Yes. It not to unfreeze the regulation, but to slightly thaw it out so that teams that are, quote, significantly down on power, such as Alpine, have a chance to boost it back up and develop and work with teams and, uh, and te- work with teams yeah. to redo it. This would also allow, funny enough, which would be a good note for your brother, this will allow Ferrari to take a look at their engine again. And not just reliability, but they can look at power in terms of what power they've lost, or you know, at everything. Yeah, who knows? You know, this is basically this, this does this. Um, so yeah, it's just saying. I uh, know here, Red Bull attendantly declared its support. This is this is from the race.com. I do love the race.com, and this is by Josh Sutol, who I don't read a lot of his stuff, but um, he's never been too bad. So Alpine gambled ahead of F1's engine freeze in 2022 with a significant overhaul of the Renault engine, right with the engine specifications had to be homogulated, which I don't know what the meaning of that is, and remain unchanged until the newest rule set of 2026, as we all know. The logic behind this, their engine design, uh, what is it that has exceeded this plan? 
Let me see. They had it right here. Um, yeah, basically. They, yeah, they're they, calling for it to to be relaxed a little bit so that Alpine can do some catching up. I mean, Alpine's not the only one that needs to be doing some catching up. I think. Yeah, I think a little bit of thawing out might be good, especially for the teams that are at Red Bull. The only thing is, how do you make it fair? to unthought a little bit and not expect Red Bull to take full advantage of that um, right? it actually, and then get even further ahead. It does say right here, there would be an agreement by looking at each team and using the Red Bull engine as the baseline. The Red Bull engine would not be allowed to be touched. Instead, Red Bull will be allowed to work with teams on how do they develop on the, the engine, Mer- Red Bull and Mercedes. So basically it's saying that the teams who are already in the big three, they're kind of like, your engines are fine. It's the other teams who are having problems getting into the points in the first place and maintaining yeah. points that are there. They basically kind of say, like, this is your base. You guys aren't allowed to touch it, but these teams are and certain stuff. And I think I think it would be heavily more regulated in terms of development. Again, that leads to the same problem that we had when we talk, slightly discussed the – I don't know if we discussed it on air, though. But when we discussed the Lewis Hamilton comment of, like, we, I want us to have a regulation of when teams can develop, where it's just like, how do you really regulate that? Yeah. It's way too much of a headache. This kind of follows under that, but I don't think it's a bad thing. And honestly, I don't think that de- I don't think a dethought of regulations is bad at all. If Red Bull gets more ahead, Red Bull gets more ahead, and then we know for twenty six. I don't think it's it bad good. per se, but I mean, last time we had this conversation on air, um, I think you and Sean both brought up the point of like, how do you do these things without punishing the best for being the best? Like, how do you how how do you let the the lower teams catch up without going? Sorry, Red Bull, you're too good. I think you just so kind of have to penalized. I think you just kind of have a, have to like unapologetic say that because I think that like it's a, I think like to and this and I'd say this for Mercedes too because because it, it I think it works both ways is that like if you are the best you should like when you play golf, right? The guy who has the best score does get handicapped typically, and, and uh, certain turn, tournament rules. And it's never usually a problem because that's the whole point of fair competition. That's kind of like, that's kind of it's the same thing as like the budget cap. I don't believe that that's fair competition. But it is, though. It's, I, it's, it's I, like creating, that's like quite literally creating the fair competition. Well, that's the thing. If you have to create it, then it's not really a competition. A competition is just seeing who's on top, right? Red Bull's on top. So any kind of help we're willing to give the other teams and not red bull we're pretty much saying hey if you get good at this we don't help you anymore mm. right and it's like it's i don't know um i've i i was i was on this i feel like we've switched sides here because like <laughs> i was all for this last last week when we were discussing it and then after reflection after hearing that comment from i i think it was you but it could have been sean saying like how how do you do this without punishing the team for doing well it's like no you know what you're right how do you how do you excuse this without punishing the team that's that's doing the right things if this is a competition right like you're you give a little bit of a handicap in golf sure i don't know golf rules but i know that you're not gonna go kick tiger woods in the shin (laughs) <laughs> right no he does it himself like you're 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 not gonna be like oh i'm sorry you're just too good so we gotta we gotta cripple you a bit you know you're not you're not just gonna give free points to the person who's doing worse in the tournament no the tournament's the tournament for a reason 
Mm-hmm. You know, the top 10 get points. The bottom 10 don't. Yeah. So. That's kind of like, that's, that's another thing that people have asked. Like, do you think that like points should go to P12 or P15? I'm like, no. I, I think they should all get a participation medal. Yeah, but no points. You know, they, they, they should little, they, they little should all get a little like pat on the back and a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And you a did little, it. Little mini podium that they can just like spritz the champagne on. Like, no, it's a it's it's a competition, guys. Yeah. That's the whole point of like, having that is that is the entire point of being the best is that it's only one person. Yeah. The entire point of having points. Like, what would adding a couple position to points really do? See, I'm I'm the opposite. I actually was telling um this was Ron. Uh, who's giving me the? He gave me this point calculator, so I sent him back one that was, if you took away the points from P10 to P5, so only one, two, three, four, five get points. Yeah. What does the competition do? And it just it completely destroys it, but it makes it a lot more fun because everyone's trying. Like the theory, the theory behind it is that everyone is just gunning because from P6 until P20, you really have nothing to lose. So all these people in the mid battles are just gunning it for for points right so you, yes and no because all the people at the bottom 10 are then discouraged yeah that's the problem so then you got a battle in the middle which you already get anyways with the low points i think that where they have the point system seems to be a good balance of the top you know three duking it out and then the middle kind of trying to grab those points and the bottom realizing that they're at the bottom and they need to do something Mm-hmm. Right, it's a good enough motivator that only one or two team will have like zero points for a long period. Maybe three teams will have zero points, right? And then they try to get a point, and those are they're having their own little battle. The middle's having battle for getting better points and trying to come in third, and then the the top ones are going for podiums, you know. But I think that. Yeah, shifting the po- shifting the points, you're going to discourage some people. Shifting the po- the points down, it's kind of what's the point? No pun intended. Mm-hmm. I I feel like they've got a good balance of where things are. Like some some things need and are changing about the sport. And if there's anything that the Gunther Steiner book has convinced me on is that. Netflix and sprints and all these things aren't necessarily bad because they're bringing money in. They're bringing fans in who are bringing money in. This is a business and without money within the sport, the sport can't go on. Mm -hmm. So I'm not against the changes that have been coming up as much as I used to be. But at the end of the day, it is still a competition. Mm -hmm. You can't have a competition where we're just giving out participation points. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Actually, fair enough, you know, also agrees with you. Max Verstappen, the golden lion, as, mm. as he is. He's he the goldfish. Oh, uh, well, nobody's so mean. Uh, <laughs> Not <laughs> is, objectively. There is objectively. a. Oh, okay. He's, he looks like a fish. Uh, he, he's still he's still the current world champion. Um, he he does say right here, you know, like he's he's he likes F one l- less than he did before. He says, "I am quote I am concerned about the sport that I've always loved. I still like it." But to a certain extent right now, it's not that I completely against it, against change, but they must make adjustments that benefit Formula One, the race. 
why do we need to change certain things, specifically the sprint and some of the formulas and everything, when they're working totally fine? I think I think a, tradi a traditional qualifying session is good enough in that form. You can look at other things to change, not adding a whole mini race weekend in one day. You shouldn't make changes just for spectator sports and money. You should get you should be making money by drawing people into the sport. Uh, I thought that was yeah. that's a very interesting set of words. But yeah, I'm not gonna agree with him completely. I do agree that the sport is a competition sport. It needs to be a competition sport. I don't agree that you can't do things for spectatorship and money because realistically speaking, this is a niche interest. Mm -hmm. People people say they like Formula One, but really the amount of people who love Formula One, who like the teams, who like the engineering, who like the drivers, who actually care about the sport, it's very niche. And it's too niche for it to make a lot of money. The reason it makes a lot of money is I think Ron said it better, best, right, when you had him on, which is that it's it's the whole show of it. Celebrities want to be seen at Formula One events. Important people want to show that they're important by buying Formula One tickets, right? Mm -hmm. It's become a point but of But you prestige. can buy them at Costco in States. That is, what? Yeah, you know that? Costco? Yeah. Do you get a discount? I don't know. Do you have to buy them in bulk? Is it like only 10 tickets at a time kind of thing? Or is it like the Cineplex cardboard tickets they used to sell? How does that... What? Yeah. For, is it only in certain states or is it in all states? Uh, here. Like surely you can't, you can't buy in like North Dakota tickets for Miami. I don't know how far those two states are from each other. Um, I don't know either, but like... <sighs> Yeah, no, they're just they're just um, at Costco. They have like ticket plans. They're like five. They're five hundred dollars. Yeah, like, three forty nine for cheap tickets. But like that's they, these ones. These ones are specifically for um, uh, Las Vegas. Vegas. That's yeah. crazy. Um, but, but but yeah. So I'm I'm shifting my tone on the shootouts. I'm shifting my tone on the sprints. I'm shifting my tone on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I think these things are important because. You need to make F1 a big deal for the money to come in, for the cars to be developed, for the competition to go on. If Verstappen doesn't want to drive during the sprints, you know, you can always just put someone else. <laughs> <laughs> give us give us a chance, you know. Give, give Not us, even. Give it wouldn't change anything. Chance. Red uh, Bull would still, still win. Uh, yeah, like, probably. They could, they, could put, they could put anyone in there and, well, maybe not anyone um, as we've seen in the past yeah. maybe not <laughs> yeah because you're right out that you're right at a fun part where no you're you're done i'm done it. you're done it now i'm yeah. done i'm done all of drive to survive i'm so proud i'm done all of drive to survive I'm and i'm halfway so, through love island i'm so proud of you i i showed my brother that picture <laughs> and he, he screamed at happiness <laughs> which one the drive to season survive three. or season, season three. three season three love island perfect i will i you know i will be ready to start a show on here on silver radio on 1.7 fm in the fraser valley so far i've preferred to... season one like i'm halfway what? through and it's like i like camilla but that's about it camilla's a goal camilla is the people's princess that we she all really deserve. is she like quite literally is i think She's... i think there's a rumor that she dated prince harry for a bit no way. Yeah, that's when that's when like the beginning the the beginning of the show when she's like, yeah, I have that like I can't say anything that she talked about in her intro. Really? I think I think it's the that's the rumor because they would have been in the same they would have been. So many people are tuning out to the show now because they're like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But it's not Formula One, but, no, we, we, but yeah. we're gonna need to talk about this afterwards. Yeah, we're one hundred percent gonna talk about this right after the, when, when we're done here. But um, where what's what's the I did have. Which is coming up sooner than later in today's episode, and we will apologize for that. 
but it's it's one of those days it's the summer break you know what the teams aren't allowed to do any work during the summer break period neither should we i i i vote that we shouldn't <laughs> either not that this is <laughs> this is this is totally work. what are you talking about what so are you talking do about? Do you get paid for this? I don't get paid for uh, this. You know what? Technically, I do, though. Because oh, I'm a program you do? manager. Yeah. That's Co-op. true. The, ju- the, general, the generalization. Okay, well, it's Co-op. work for you. It's a hobby for me. Yeah, it's both. This is like the best part of the job is when it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of both of In everything. In any case, folks, it is smoky and sunny out there, and we're going to go enjoy the weather. I actually wanted to do one more one thing here. Um, one from motorsport.com. This came out this morning again okay so much news so news always hits really heavily monday mornings and tuesday mornings especially on race weeks because it's the race the start yeah, of the race week hyped. and everything yeah everyone's gotta get hype this one says here the headline is f1 teams facing rookie fp1 scheduling headache that the the deck as we call it in the biz as you know because you Anyways, uh, the the <laughs> the description editorial is. I am <laughs> I am silently and judgingly shaking my head you, at Taryn for those who can't see, which is everyone, because this is a right podcast. Right. Yeah, Formula One teams. I'm just, I'm just going to move on. Formula One teams are facing a major challenge as they try to fulfill the regulatory obligation to run rookies in two FB1 sessions before the end of this season. This is from uh, this is by Adam Cooper of Motorsport magazine.com wait they have to run rookies to a to a certain degree yeah um and there i think there's also schedules for like reserve drivers and and your f2 i feel um, bad for haas with their luck it's going to be a crash every weekend exactly so the fia rules rules specify that every race driver has to give an fp1 session for a rookie who are started no more than two grand prix However, a race driver who is a rookie at the start of the season is deemed to qualify, which means that Oscar Piastri with McLaren, Logan Sargent, and Nick, De- Nick DeVries all ticked the box when they took part in FP1 at the opening races of the season. Well, and not DeVries anymore. He did, though. They, they he counted, did. So, yeah. But. Unfortunately, not anymore. Not going to be on FP1 no other, this time around. Yeah. Unusually, no other rookies completed an FP1 run in the Versa. The first half of 2023, in contrast to last year when Williams with, had DeVries, Red Bull uh, Jury Vips, and took long opportunity in Barcelona, that means there were still 17 rookie slots to be filled in the last 10 racket races, and the only session officially confirmed thus far is Fredek Vesti with Mercedes and Ep in Mexico. The reason why you're kind of wondering, like, who are these people? It's because I don't know who these people are either. They're all from they're F- like F2 or F3 yeah, drivers. Exactly. And even then, I think some of them are not. Um and yeah so it's kind of just saying that there is uh there in yeah there there's kind of like a rookie problem there's not there's not many teams are really trying to put it together not uh, enough rookies, rookies eh yeah and Can i volunteer i well, i mean i would love i would love you to be i mean i think you could probably do better than i'd say you would do better than nicholas latifi easily no no i think i would i would, I would spin out and crash here's here's yeah, I think, the thing i, I I have here's, full confidence in you. Here's the thing. I would have confidence in myself if this was like 10 years ago and I was in my prime. But um, as we stand today, as soon as that G-force is hitting me, my brain is turning into scrambled eggs and my limb are going to jelly. <laughs> there's, 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 no, there's no way I could withstand that amount of pressure. Yeah. Like these, these drivers are fit. Right, and they're fit for a reason. It's because the entire experience puts you through so much stress, physically speaking. I 
don't think I could do it. I think I think I would spin out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I could. I don't think I'd go very fast, but I think I could get. I, at least I can get like two. Okay. Well, no. In. If you're not yeah. going fast, that doesn't count. No, I mean, like, I'm still going to go fast, but yeah, I'm not. You gotta go I'm not going to go like the G-force to hit you. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely would have that, but I don't think Your I'd hit. I don't think I'd have like three. I don't think I'd go three three thirty kilometers an hour. I think I'd get like two twenty. Your neck like, would I'm snap. Good. Oh, one hundred percent. Maybe that's that's the way I go out, Marianne. Coming out like this, Marianne. That's the way I go out. That's the way I go out. <laughs> anyway, it says here. Uh, so it continues on, and this is. I think this would be a, an interesting one for the rookie problem. It says the Qatar, Austin, and Telagos events are all sprint weekends this season. This season, with FE one followed by qualifying on Sunday's Grand Prix, making it impossible for the teams to really run a rookie. Uh, the remaining seven, several others are involved involve compromises from one form or another. Singapore, Las Vegas are street tracks with a really high risk of incidents. For rookies, and it's very expensive when that happens, um, especially in especially in Singapore, in my opinion. Uh, and the, and Las Vegas is too brand new an event to really do it. Uh, Zan Zanvort, uh, which is coming up, this is this weekend. Yeah. Um, not a really good place to do it because it's coming off of the summer break, so everyone's trying to get their their drivers together. Monza is Monza and Abu Dhabi. Um, uh, but obviously the end of the year, so that's where all the points are really going to matter for the teams in the middle. So those three are also off of the I like off that of you it. had to specify for the teams in the middle. Yep. Because we know who's winning we this know, season. We already know who's winning. Um, so the teams are generally reluctant to allow their junior drivers to be distracted by F1 running on the same weekend as F2. And that's especially another thing with those three races as well. Especially if they're still fighting for championship positions in for for f2 specifically because these drivers yeah. are all trying to go for it uh and then you kind of go yeah so basically the art the, the article is kind of arguing that for the regulation that they have right now to for for rookies and giving them a chance in it it's just not the the way that the the calendar the way the races are set up and everything just right now are not really good for it because there's just so much other stuff going on yeah especially with all the many events so yeah, that's another fun one to do so, so i thought that was another interesting one with especially when we talked when we had our rookie pool which you have now com- uh, easily sure won, won. <laughs> you oh <laughs> by the time that once once oscar piastri got his second or third his third set of race points oh and once the breeze was out <laughs> it was done uh, it was done but also you know what you know what's fun though i looked i had to look this up what's that uh the Rookies in the past are pretty typical to have the Logan Sargent season, uh, Logan Sargent esque season. They don't. It's not very normal for for rookies in the first season to be scoring Oscar Piastri level points and oh, like, consistently. So when people sit there and kind of give Logie Logie Bear a little bit of a hard time, he's just doing no, average. No, no, but that's 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 part of the average experience, right? Because, I mean, Walter would correct me on this if 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 he was here. Um, but I believe any year where there's rookies, those rookies are always scrutinized, right? There's mm-hmm. always a certain amount of expectation for them to do better than average. A lot of the expectations carry over from their performance of how well they did in for, uh, F2 and F3, as well as what teams they're with when they come into F1, right? So it's it's like, no, that's part of the experience. The part of the experience is to be a disappointment as a rookie. <laughs> The, the trick is not to be too much of a disappointment, right? You want to be just the right amount of disappointing where it's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll still try it next year. You know, like think of Sonoda. Like <laughs> he, was, he was pretty disappointing for his first year, right? 
But then he got better by the end of it. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to keep him on. And then, you know, we can think of other examples where they don't even finish their first year. It's the trick is not to be too disappointing. Mm -hmm. You need to be showing you you're making progress without being too amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without without giving too much hope. Start off rough, but not like (laughs) losing the company millions of dollars rough. A few crashes is good, but not like, Mm. not like a Mick Schumacher crash level where you have to redo the entire car completely. And that's a whole new problem. Yeah. Or, or uh, a Grosjean. When, huh. he cut, when he catches fire, yeah, like maybe, maybe. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. One of my or, favorite, uh, uh, uh Joe Ganyu. <laughs> Ganyu, you know, when he like completely spin <sighs> well, that's not, over and yeah. everything. No, I know, I know, it wasn't his fault. Um, yeah, it looked more like he got bumped into there. But, but what I'm saying is, you don't want that caliber of accidents. Exactly. You want you want the Spinotas. Yeah, one right? of my favorite. <laughs> It's like you spin around a bit, you maybe hit your back wheel on something. An alignment adjustment needs to be done, but that's it. Yeah, that's that's a good, like, breaking mistakes and everything. Actually, funny enough, one of my favorite, like, like, you know when you have those comments and and those quotes that just always stay with you, you can always just pull, no matter what, you can always pull them out from memory and and they always fit somewhere. The Checo Perez is, that's an act of God <laughs> in, in um, when Grosjean comes out from the fire. That was good. As is new. I think of that a lot. And I I thank you. I Sergio Perez, if you good. ever listen to this episode, I just want to say thank you for that comment. I love you, man. You wax statue, beautiful human oh being my. there. But anyways, it's so great. Okay, so the final one, this is, this is uh, a more positive headline I wanted to end with. Um, which was the tip the typical one. This is all 10 Formula One teams to have an F1 Academy drivers in liveries for the 2024 season. Uh, this is coming off of everyone knows the F1 Academy is an all female um, group uh, feeder series into F1 and F2 and that to give women the chance to, to do this. And so, yeah, F1 Academy boasts five teams already, Art Grand, Grand Prix, um, Campos Racing, MB Motorsport, Prima Racing, and Roden Garland. Uh, all have three drivers and three and three cars, making you know, making the fifteen cars of the grid. But they are saying that all ten teams will have their own liveries and put in there to show support of of it all. And I think this is really great because this is something that Susie Wolf and the other teams have been working on towards. And I think just having more opportunities for everyone is great. And I think that having if we can get a female driver in, that'd be awesome. Obviously, based off merit, all non non political stuff. And I think it just would be. Yeah, I just think that the the more chances we have for good drivers to come into the sport, the better, because then we don't get stuck with, let's say, I don't want to say the name too meanly, Lance Stroll, stuck in, who is just essentially stuck in the sport, and it would give us, I think, just the well, more the more well, pool wait, that we can grab well, wait, from, and well, the more wait. fresher we can get every season well, to get the, some chances. The, the thing small. is, the thing is, if we're... If we're we're gonna scream equality here and and look at Lance Stroll and nepotism in general. Then we gotta look at Susie Wolf as well. I mean, okay, you know, nepotism goes for everyone. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think that more opportunities for people are gonna stop the Lance Strolls and the people who have family in the game from getting in the oh, game yeah. by family ties. Fair enough, but I think just the the idea of having more uh, support for the for this for women's racing is always a really good idea. Um, it was sad that the W Series, ha- what happened with the W Series, it would have been great to have more support for that and even let the W Series feed into more things. But I'm not the one making the rules, Marianne. Aren't you? No. Could you Aren't imagine? You? Oh, my God. Things would go That hard. would be terrifying. But 
good. It'd be like, uh, did you ever watch that video of um, when they asked Fernando when he was about to retire? He's like, what would you want to do? He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'll become a steward. And Lewis Hamilton's <laughs> there. And he's like, no, don't become a steward. You never forgive anyone. He's like, no, I, d- I definitely don't. I hold a lot of grudges. <laughs> and they, and they're just like teasing idea. with each other. Oh, yeah. That, I, yeah. Personally, I, I think it's like the Academy um, for uh, the Oscars. I personally think that and the same thing with F1 stewards. I think there should be representation of like all boards. So I think that there should be one steward who's like a team who had not maybe not maybe necessarily a team principal, but who has served in a similar role to that. They should have a driver on there. They should have more people who like understand what's happening on race day to really uh, to to be. I mean, again, not not in charge of the rules, but fair enough. But I think that like I think you that, have someone who used to be a team director, right? First of all, how do they leave that team that they're not a director of anymore? Was it on bad terms? Are they going to hold that against them? Or was it on good terms? And they're going to just let a bunch of stuff slide. Like, at any any point where you give leeway for some, a steward's decision to be made on a bias, I think it's just going to complicate everything for nothing. Yeah, I do like Michael's response to Total Wolf, though, in, uh, in Drive to Survive a lot of the time. Where it's like, Toto's just like, it's not fair, Michael. Like, you can't make this call. And it's like, it's called motorsport racing. Toto. Oh, don't even start <laughs> with like, that It's like, oh one. my God. That was such, I hated that one. That was such a bad one because. Like, there's there's so much sass. But, see, but like, no, but did you, that's, oh, you're going you're gonna to open up such a conspiracy theory and the, the can of worms for me because the reason why Michael <laughs> said that, did you not? Because if you watch. No, I know. Yeah, if you watch race, because he was told that. So he was using word for word what the Red Bull team told him. I know. And that's just, that's what's so wrong about the whole thing. But Well, I don't uh, think that's, that's, the, that's only the only thing, thing that was wrong but, with the whole thing. There was a lot of things. There was a lot iffy, of things wrong with that. But, but it's still just the sass. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's F1 in general. Like I love that's what I think I think that's one of the things that drew me to F one as I started to really know more about the stuff going behind the scenes was just like how sassy and un- unapologetic some people are. That's one thing I'm grateful for the Netflix show because you don't really see that when you're watching commentators and just the race in general, right? It's mm-hmm. it's an aspect of the of the whole scene that you don't actually get to see most of the time unless you're like really looking for it, which if you are, you know, good on you for your dedication. But I get like an afternoon or two a week where I can watch TV for a couple hours. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna spend it researching where I can find this. I like the fact that Netflix makes it accessible. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So, so anyways, moving on. Uh, for we're gonna wrap things. We're gonna wrap things up here for a shorter episode today on the F World here. But we, I, well, not we, we, I. Both of us. I can't really speak right now. Us. But coming up, <laughs> whatever. Coming up this week is Zand Zandvoort, or I think that's how you pronounce it. Zandvoort, Zandvoort, Z A N D V O R T. It is in the Dutch. It is the Dutch Grand Prix, home Grand Prix of Max Verstappen, who we will no doubt hear the Dutch national anthem again as uh, he wins. He win- he inevitably wins this race. It's a. We'll wait. We'll wait. Could it be the home game or like curse though? Look, I would, I would win love, this one. I would love to see that, but Could I Checo doubt it. <laughs> Who knows? Who really knows? It's the transmission just like let's go or something mechanical or electrical out of his control. Car just won't start. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But anyways, this track was built in 19. 19- 
fifty. The first Grand Prix story was nineteen fifty two. The track was built in nineteen forty eight. Funny enough, you'll see some fun things. It was uh, post war motorsport enthusiasts that always do the European races because they have all these airstrips and then out all these things. So it's built. It's built off of that. A uh, bit of a. It is bit of a both of a public. Of used to use public roads. Now it's a closed, fully closed off track. Uh, 4.2 kilometers, fastest lap record, 111, set 111.097, set by Lewis Hamilton in 2021. So let's see who breaks that this yeah. season. So what do you, like, so I'm expecting it. I think, I don't think it's a sprint. It's not a sprint week, is it? I don't know. I'm drawing blank. No, it's not. So we just have the traditional Fridays, Friday, two practices, Saturday morning practice, and then qualifying bright and early for, for us here at 6 for us here on the west coast at 6 a.m and then the race again on 6 a.m too so looking forward forward to that and just more racing absolutely and we're i'm excited too because this is the first time you and i are actually gonna be watching a race together on this sunday yeah and there we'll have all the unfiltered thoughts and everything which am i bringing the beers for that i i totally spaced and forgot yeah, because okay, I'm, I think, I'm, yeah, because yeah, I'm going to make you're the nachos. Food. Yeah, yeah, I got food. Right. I'm making. I'm just making a whole bunch of nachos. Got it for you, Sean, Reese, and I. So yeah, love we it. Win the beers. So yes. Well, that's going to be it for us today here on the F World on Silver Radio 101.7 FM, where you can hear us first. Don't laugh at me. You can hear us on Spotify uh, at the F World, and you can interact with us at thefworld.pod on Instagram and Twitter, as well as just find us on the Discord through all the links in our social media bios. So, from all of us here, the F World, we enjoy enjoying company. Thanks for listening, and we're yours in racing.